right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 12 of Let's Talk Tech Podcast. And we have Miss Tasha Denose here today. Let's give her a round of applause. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, and share it on your social media. And if you listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast listening service, please subscribe to the podcast. But now I'm going to let Mrs. Denose introduce herself. What's up, people? My name is Tasha Denose. I have been in the cybersecurity field for 12 years. I've done everything from vulnerability management to compliance. Right now, I'm in compliance and uh, risk management, and I use the NIST cybersecurity framework to um, assess uh, a, a large financial institution to make sure that they are their cybersecurity capabilities are mature. And I help people get into the cybersecurity field. There's not enough people that look like me or look like Omri in this, this field. And we I'm doing everything I can to give them the free information out there so they can join, you know, people that look like us can join this field. Dope, dope. Man, you said 12? 12 years, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy and because I'm looking at my own experience now. It's like I'm getting close to the 10-year mark myself. And I'm like... Where's the time gone? So that's pretty cool. So the first thing I guess I'm going to ask is maybe about a little bit, maybe about your early life or kind of a little bit kind of like where you're from and kind of when did you possibly know you want to go into tech or what interested you? We'll kind of start off like that. Okay. Well, my journey's uh, different than most. Uh, I am a military black the military brat. I'm a military brat. My dad was in the Air Force. Both my parents are Jamaican. Um, my, they, I'm first generation American. We traveled a lot when I was young. I always wanted to be on television. I was sure that I was going to be a movie star. So I was not focused on tech at all. And my dad actually, when he got out of the Air Force, got into uh, network security early and has always been like, switch, switch, switch. And I was like, no, no, it's for nerds. I'm not doing that. And (laughs) I uh, ended up moving to the Washington, D.C. area and I was doing administration. I was an administrative assistant for uh, a director at the Pentagon. He was the director of of security after, during that time it was called information assurance. And um, I was really interested. I couldn't believe I was actually really interested in everything that that this director was doing. He was transforming this organization and really pushing uh, cyber to the forefront, information assurance at that time to the forefront. And he asked me, he was like, you seem to understand everything that's going on. are you interest, like, interested in transitioning into this field? And I actually went from that to, um, I went and took my Security Plus, my Net Plus, and my A Plus. And after that, they gave me some small projects to work on. And I went from the small projects to bigger projects to um, managing the whole vulnerability management program for the Pentagon. And then I uh, switched and started working at the Secret Service for a little while. So and it's funny because my dad's here visiting now and we're laughing because all this time I was sure that I was going to be enthralled into like television and entertainment and fashion. And I, I turned into the geek that I said I would never be. 
Man, that's interesting. You said, you know, that magic word that people love to say, the Pentagon. And just from listening to, you know, that beginning part of your journey, you pretty much were was also networking and ended up getting where you're at. And it's one of the things I tell many people when they come talk to me about how to get in. I was like, well, we can do all this technical stuff and this and that, but a lot of that stuff may not help you if you don't network. That's 80% so, of this. Right, definitely. And because I'm now the focus, like, I want you to know stuff, but I like to work with good people. Mm. And if you're a good person and I feel like I know you'll do your job, if you got the aptitude to learn the stuff, I could teach it to you. I'd rather do that than go with somebody who thinks they know everything and I can't tell them anything. Ooh, so, especially. Ooh, that's a that is one thing. And in this this field, you will never know everything. So if you're under the impression that you do, you are sadly mistaken. That's big facts. I'm gonna give you some gunshots though for that. But that's uh that's dope. So let's see. So how long did you do those on other projects and stuff like that for the Pentagon? I guess how long was that that time frame? I was at the Pentagon for seven years. So I moved around. I stayed with one. I was lucky enough. I'm so thankful because that director, as he moved up, I moved up. He expanded. There's nothing better than building a good relationship with a good manager. So he was able to, um, he, he, as you said, the aptitude, the more aptitude that I had to learn and the more that I showed him that he could trust me and I could manage what he gave me, I ended up getting more scope and his scope grew. So then my scope grew. So I was there for this seven years. <laughs> Man, that's a lot. I mean, you know, not to uh, get in on age or anything like that, but what's that? I guess that time frame, like, is that? Oh, you can you can get in on age. I'm, tomorrow I'm turning forty, so I'll, I'm all right. You can get in on age. I'm feeling I, good. It's I'm, I'm at tell. that age where you got to accept who you are and be happy about it. Yeah, but I mean, even as I'm approaching 30, it seems like it's like everything is 10 years prior. So I feel like 40 is 30, 30 is 20. And yeah. I feel like you're, the 20s kind of feel like an extension of like your teen years to me, because you're learning so much that you didn't know when you were a teenager and, and focusing on some stuff in school that really didn't, didn't matter too much as you're an adult. So that's kind of how I feel you. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool though that you got to move up like that and so let's talk about you know being a black woman how was that being in that environment well granted i know the one thing i know about even though i did stuff at the lowest level when i did help this if you're doing something government related most of everything is very controlled in the environment so you can get up to speed and um pretty quick amount of time because it's not a lot of changing things that's going on. And that's like a, a benefit when you take, when you go work for a uh, private company. Oh yeah. How, how was that, uh, that environment or what, you know, did you experience any different things or did, did you feel like you were treated fairly or how, how was that? I'm a black girl. <laughs> that's <laughs> less, <laughs> let's, let's be completely honest about the situation It's 9% that look like me in this entire field. There's millions and millions of people that are in this field. There's only 9% of us. And if you want to get into leadership positions, I mean, the company that I work, uh, the company I work for above senior director, 
there are no counting senior directors. There's only 3% black women in leadership. And this is 2021. So 10 years ago at the Pentagon, nobody looked like me and not just nobody looked like me. No one believed that I belonged to be in the room, you know? So I was, I was in a situation where I had to learn who my allies were very quickly. You know, um, I was lucky that my director was an ally and, and respected my brain more than what I looked like. And I leaned on that a lot because there was a lot of times I'm, I was younger than most of the people that had been there for a long time. So it was a situation where nobody respected my opinion until they had to come around and learn who I was in the room. And that was normally by one of my allies explaining to them, you know, no, she's not here to take notes. She's here to actually tell you what to do. Yeah. So. They hate that too. They hate if somebody younger than them, you know, is progressing farther than them. They hate that. And they, sometimes they want to think, oh, well, they only got it because, you know, they a black person. But in all actuality, a lot of times it's because they got it because you ain't doing your job. So they found somebody that will do it. And, and with, you know. with that, right, when you're talking about being a black person, we're not allowed to get hired or get promoted on potential. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the when you want to get into the truth of the situation, normally we're overqualified for whatever position that we're put in because we're fighting to get in the room. So wondering why we're there is so interesting to me because normally I've done twice as much work as the person that doesn't look like me, you know, to, to get in the same spot that he is for him to be disrespectful. Hey, that's facts. And, you know, I'm going to say it all the time on this podcast, but listen, all the, the misconceptions that y'all got about black people that don't want to work and stuff like that. I'm going to tell you right now, it's the other that be at work lazy. Don't be doing no work. Don't be doing anything complaining, fussing, wondering about their bonuses, but not doing no work. It'd it be them. Everybody that looks like me, that's, you know, on my team, what I had a hand in picking, we the best, you know. No DJ Khaled, but seriously. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I know for me, every time when I would see, like, oh, hey, guys, we have new such and such person joining the company. They did 20 years and so on. So I'm always looking for somebody that looks like me. I used to ask in our, um, what is it called? We had like a black employee network group that they made for us. And I mm. said, hey, y'all think anybody ever that's look like us going to get like a C-level role at this company? Because mm. that's telling to me. I'm like, okay, cool. You can't bring some. I don't care if they was only there three months and they did bad. But I'm like, you know, can bring somebody in. But I also know the part of that is the fact that most of us, you know, have really just got it. I start like what, maybe yeah. the last 10 to 20 years. So what I've found out is as I moved up is most of these people have been friends all throughout the years and different oh companies. My gosh, like, I know yes. this guy, you know, bring you over here and stuff like this. So I'm not mad at it. So I kind of know the game more than what I used to from just looking out from the bottom side. I know exactly what's going on. Cause you know, we do the same things for our smaller team. Oh, I know him. Bring him on. I don't, we don't yeah. have to probably interview him, but once, but I know he can do the work. I know. Him. And if the oh, word yeah. is good, they'll uh -huh. hire him. No, that that's a that's a definite truth about um, and that's why I push myself to try to get more of us into this field, because it's a situation where um, just in general, what you were talking about before networking is even when you have the job, 
networking to get promoted is still pretty much 80% of how you get promoted. It's all about who you know. And I think it was probably, it's like three or four months. It might be a little bit longer though. Like six months ago, the Wells Fargo CEO made a comment about, you know, I would hire black people, but there aren't any. And I know I was angry for a little while. A lot of us that I work with, we were angry, but then it was like, when you really think about it, there's not enough of us. He did have a point because we're in a situation where um, we don't know what, we don't have the opportunities where we're, you get into this field knowing somebody that knows somebody, you know? So the, what I love now is being on social meeting, see, seeing somebody like you. I'm I, so many different black girls that, that are, are popping up and black men that are popping up on social media and we're connecting with each other. So maybe five, 10 years down the line, it's going to be us that are the CEOs making sure that we're pulling up uh, people into the C-suite when we get a chance. Yeah, definitely. And one of the reasons why, if, if anybody's followed this podcast so far, I really much try to put bring a lot of women on here um, because one that you are are beneath far as like far as I think stats wise I don't know what the discrepancy is between black men and black women in this field so it's already not a lot of you and then just for you know the younger generation of women coming up to see all these different roles that women that look like them can do and I've you know just been adamant on doing that because prior to years ago Besides when I was in help desk, I didn't really see a lot of uh, black people. Matter of fact, one of my tweets that like got hot was the was a tweet that I made in reference to help desk. Like they don't want to hire us for everything else, but they'll sure hire us for help desk. That, that was probably the everybody probably was filled in that when we when we did that. It was like the most black people I ever seen. I was like, yeah, I know how this game go, chief. Uh-huh. Because most people doing help desk, the money they get is probably above average for the area. But in retrospect, it's not a lot. But most oh, yeah. don't know that. And so they're content with doing that and, and don't know any better and sometimes don't want any better. And then on the flip side, I think some girls have been probably taught that, you know, only geeky people, girls with glasses, pushing them up and all the kind of stuff, you know, can do this type of stuff. And they probably didn't see it as um, a career path because so many you know, women that, you know, no offense, I love her because we need, you know, nurses. But I went to school with some people that I know shouldn't be nurses. I wouldn't want them to take care of my family. And that's okay. That's not what you, <laughs> you might not be supposed to do. But you can come over here and probably do something where you don't have to talk to many people, you know, get your money and come home mm-hmm. and take care of your family. And that's what I hope to, to do with this, because I've seen people getting out of some of those fears like no nah, i want to do this you know let's you know stress on my body i can have a work-life balance i'm like i am for it you know oh yeah yeah to hop on that comment it's it's a beautiful thing to see that's why i'm like with the social media thing right now it's getting so big that we're posting ourselves you know i'm not gonna lie for my per- for me personally i wasn't really um i was more interested in the 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 fashion part of it. Right. So I was like, I was getting on social media. I was like, you know what? I want to be this. I want to, um, I want to be a fashion girl, blah, 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 blah. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, why aren't I promoting who I am as a person promoting the fact that cybersecurity is, is one of the most important things in the world right now. 
And there's not a lot of people that look like me in it. And if people knew that people look like me that were a part of this field, I could change, you know, people's lives right now. And it was the the feedback that I'm getting of, of different, like you said, nurses. I'm seeing different, all people from all walks of life being like, oh my God, I didn't even know this was an option. I'm so thankful that I, you know, you started putting this information out there so I can learn how to transition. You know, you can, let me say this right now. Three major ways that you can get into cybersecurity without any kind of technical background or anything like that is tech recruiting. Start, you can, being a recruiter, you uh, trust me from, I know they've called me. They don't always know half of what the job is about or what it entails. So you can be a tech recruiter. You can be a project project manager, get in on the scrum master side. Scrum masters do not, half the time know any of the technical background. They are just learning a tool so they can be able to track like a tool like Jira so they can track what technical people are doing, you know? And then if you're coming from a a side like security, you can get on the physical security side, you know? Well, understanding badges, I mean, locks, um, access control. Those are three different um, background, three different jobs that you can get into this field without having any type of experience. So you do not have to be technical to start transitioning to this um, to drink this career field at all. Yeah, definitely. I know, and and that's also a good thing about helping people get into this role. I always kind of say, okay, we know your end goal is my job. I always try to help people find the fastest and easiest mm-hmm. route for them to go. Um, one of my clients was trying to go run route, but I had said in the beginning, I said, look, looking at your skill set and what you previously did, I believe you have the skill set to be in project management. And sure enough, that's how they have, have gotten their start in tech, doing project management type stuff. They also have some tech related certs that also helps. So if you're having um, discussions about things, a cloud related, they're knowledgeable. So that's a plus, but that's a low barrier to entry, uh, entry if you can get in with the right company. So you're definitely right. And I actually just think, you know, when I was trying to do this, when get in years ago, this wasn't around. So I tell everybody, I'm like, you know, use these resources, whether you got to pay for it, because, you know, everything you got on YouTube, sometimes it's only going to take you so far mm-hmm. because it's not concise enough and, when you do pay for a career coach or a boot camp or, you know, a cert, you're paying also hopefully to be in that person's network now to where if they know you like now the time when I get hit up about a job, you know, and it, these were some tech recruiters that recruit for some big companies. So, Hey, do y'all have any entry level positions? I, you know, this is what I do now. And I have people do this and I know some people that will be good at it. So that's something you can't get from YouTube just from, yeah saying, oh, well, it's free. I'm not going to spend money. A lot of times you get what you pay for it. Sometimes it works for everybody, but most of the time I found the free stuff isn't because it still just doesn't give my direction. They don't have a voice to talk to or somebody who's saying, I went through this, you know, do this, do that. Oh, so, definitely. So that's just um, dope. We'll probably touch on that a little bit more later. Let's touch on, uh, I don't have to say too much about the finance industry, but you did say a magic word about uh, using NIST um, big time in your job. 
I'm not trying to get a job interview, but can you explain it? Oh, to the no, people? no, no. Frameworks are your friend. Let me say I am the that I, as I've gotten older and, and the more into this, uh, I am the geek when it comes to frameworks. Frameworks are your friend. Uh, NIST cybersecurity framework is a good um I would say it's got a good presentation layer for companies. So I'm just, I'm gonna kind of break down three big frameworks if you're interested in this that you guys can Google search and start uh, learning a little bit more about. So the NIST cybersecurity framework breaks down, um, it's in five functions. It's uh, detect, you wanna, you wanna detect anything that's happening right, go, um, that's gonna come into your network, detect anything physical access that is might happen. You wanna protect your network. So you wanna make sure you have the right safety rail, um, safety guards as far as um, firewalls and, and um, access policies and things like that to make sure um, your network is protected. Then um, you also, if, identify. You want to be able to identify anything that is happening. So if, if you're not protecting correctly and you've detected it's detected that something's happening, you want to actually be able to identify exactly what that is. And then after you, if, if something is going on, that means you have to respond to it. So you have to make sure that those your um, your security operation center is up and going. And these people, if an alert happens, they understand exactly what the alert is going to tell them. And then after an incident is over, you want to be able to recover. People don't always think about how important recovery is, but you want to make sure that you have a business continuity plan in place and 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 that you have uh, um, all all of your your networks are are prepared to come back from an incident and all your people also know what to do to come back from an incident so the NIST cybersecurity framework breaks those five different functions down into 23 different categories and what i do is each one of those categories are um are have different capabilities under them and i interview each one of the people that are associated with those capabilities to make sure that they understand their position and they're doing what they need to and i provide recommendations me and my team provide recommendations to make their programs more mature so i had to give you that because look hey she gave y'all an interview question I mean, an interview answer, by the way, if you're looking at those type of roles, you need to know that. So I'm going to make sure I highlight that when I upload this so y'all can pay attention to that. Matter of fact, I might make it a um, one of the little snippets that I normally post on my like, social media so they can pay attention to that. Hey, hey. that's um, that's cool, though. Um, what type of people would you say would probably be good? As, let's say for people that want to transition. Oh, yeah. Or people that you've worked with in the past that you've seen get that particular role, what type of people would you would think would be good at that? Oh, yeah. So if you project management is perfect, what um, when all of the analysis roles, the, the most important thing is you there's always analysis and auditor roles. You have to project management is key because these things have to be done in a certain amount of time and good communicators. Oh, my gosh. If you the, the key for this role is to be able to explain technical things to non-technical people and then vice versa. So I need to be able to have a good a good communication back and forth with somebody that is technical and might not be able, might not be a good communicator and pull the information out of them. 
You know what I mean? So tech um, being very focused on on time and project management skills, scheduling um, policy. If you like to read and you're you're you 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 take information in a lot and you understand policy, you'll do well in this role. And then being able to communicate those policies to, to um, somebody that is has a I would say that communicates a little bit different than you. Well, I'm I'm very. This role does well when you can deal with multiple different type of personalities. Definitely. That's one of the things I, I'm key on now, even with people. It's like uh, I deal with some people sometimes that's come from a retail customer service background. Yes, I did that I like three that. years. Yeah, I did that like three years before I even did help this. And I was telling them, like, you know, those soft skills that you have are going to pay off. So don't downplay your soft skills because I, I listen, I've been in you know, in environments where grown men, you know, won't say they don't understand something. And I'm telling people now, say, you'd be surprised at, you know, what managers and and anybody else likes a person that speaks up, whether they know everything or not, you'll be surprised. And the fact that if you can effectively communicate and it's just some simple, it's not overly technical and they know exactly what happens. Like I have to make templates. Sometimes we need to reach out to a business segment. And I try to make it like simple enough where I'm not putting all this stupid stuff in there. They need to know one, two, three, mm-hmm. know, this is going on, do this. And, you know, it's underrated. Oh, yeah. A lot of people you- try to flex, you know, all these terms, but who cares? Oh, yeah. What the what you said about scoff sales is that goes back to the networking. You know, those two things are hand in hand. If you're you understand um who you are, what you're good at, and you're and how to communicate with people, being able to build relationships, that is that is key. And that I mean, that's something that will take you not just to get in the field, but once you're in the field, how you can get yourself promoted and put to the next level. Definitely. Not only that, it's if you can just talk to people and network, it'll help you in your personal life as well. So some people like to be reserved and close off. Like I have no problem going somewhere by myself or, or doing something networking and it just means some new people and that's kind of been my forte but what's a, uh, oh, sorry. oh go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say a beautiful thing about people that are not as social right now with the pandemic is that things have become so virtual and we we have been able to learn how to communicate in different ways. So this is like, if you're not one of those type of people that are comfortable going somewhere by yourself, this is a perfect time to join a a group or a meetup where they'll meet virtually, where you can see other people interact, pick a person, you know, from a different type of perspective than being in a room, you're on virtually build a relationship behind the scenes or emailing and chatting. This is like your perfect time for that. Now that we're in, you know, in the pandemic coming out. Yeah. And then I also, I like to tell people who like, you know, in more introvert, I'll say, well, look, you may want to do maybe something not always security engineering, but anything that's related to where you don't have to do possibly like a lot of meetings, but you have to do your task and just do mm-hmm. it well. Patch management. Like, that's good right now too, because most of these companies are saying, hey, you know what? You don't have to come in 100% remote. Can you do this, this, and this? If you can do it, you can thrive here. You don't necessarily have to be this person that's to talk every time. That might not be your calling. You might just be a great uh, subject matter expert that just doesn't like to talk. I ran into oh, them too. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, as long as you do my deliverables, I'm good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Vulnerability management and patch management. If you fall into that, um, that personality type, that is a good job where you can work remote, learn a tool. Um, you learn a tool and then be able to apply that and not have to chit chat with people. Definitely. Um, so I know your profile, you got uh, CISSP and I'm going to ask you two questions. What time in your career did you get the CISSP and well, actually, let's do this. What does CISSP stand for? And then what time in your career did you get CISSP? Okay. I am a certified information security systems professional. First of all, I am a CISSP. <laughs> I took that test twice. I took that test first when I had no business. Let me tell you guys, I got, I have that, it's been like it's seven years now and I keep my continuous education points and my, uh, I pay my dues on that because I will never take that test again. <laughs> the, the first part is I took it, I was like two and a half years in the field. And I hear people now, you know, they just, hear, it's the same thing that I did. You hear it as a buzzword. You think it's going to take you to the next level and you have no business. I took it. I failed it. Oh my gosh. After I took the test, I was in the mirror crying. I did this to myself. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it to yourself. Be better than me. And then I came back. I studied. I read Sean Harris's book back to back. I wrote notes down. I typed the notes that I wrote down. And then I focused after I had, you know, done a couple of different domains in my career. And then I went back and took it and I passed it. And um, that is one of like, one of the best moments I've had in my career is when I passed it. I'm glad you said that though. Because oftentimes I see people on Twitter a lot taking a lot of advice from people who really don't know what they're talking about when they're trying to tell people, get these certs that's going to get you a job. Not necessarily because now the cert field has kind of become so oversaturated that they don't matter as much as they used to. Like Blame the people, government. Right. Like yeah, now I people in, oh, no, you go ahead. No, I just was going to say because the, the it got big and the cert companies, it got big because government agencies made certifications requirements. So right. you had to be 8570 compliant. That's where CompTIA with Security Plus and Net Plus um, and CAS got big and where I um, ISC Square got big because you could become a higher manager if you had a CISSP. So people looked at it as as this thing. They got alphabet behind their names and then they, they don't know anything really about the, the um, career field itself. Yeah, facts. And I was going to I was going to add that in. Most of the time, this is coming from people uh, who um, have government jobs, which they have a reason to get them. So it's different. But. I always go on a case by case basis. Like I normally tell people, hey, if you just come in, you got sec plus, stick with that for now. Let's get your feet wet. Let's let's get in the pool and then figure out what you want to do. Because what you don't want to do is try to take all these different certs because it's not going to help. Like uh, I feel the same way about and it's a let me see, given like probably two more years, it's gonna be like a main cert um for especially for blue team, but uh come to CYSA plus is mm -hmm. a super hard test that you should not take unless you have experience. Because not to oh, the you're so going true. to fail it. 
Yeah, it's no, I, way he's, harder to say plus. Yeah, that he's he is listen to what this man is saying because the sad part for me is when you see somebody get a cert and then it has nothing to do with the field that they're actually interested in being in. So it's like I've seen people interested in governance and compliance. They all go get a CEH with this, which is a certified ethical hacker cert. And the two, as as much as if you have understanding, they're not really complementary to each other. So you go get certified in something that you're not even um, going to be using. So and you wonder why you can't get a job and you spent the certs aren't cheap either. Boot camps are like two thousand dollars. Certs are like five hundred dollars. So just this that's where the networking, like you were saying before, the networking is so important and and paying for coaches are so important because that's the information they're going to provide you that you didn't know yourself. Thanks. And if you go spend five hundred dollars on CEH, like you know, I feel sorry for you. It's one of those certs that still the government likes, but nobody else likes it because it's easy. It doesn't teach you much, and it's more expensive than it needs to be. And a lot of people think you know they put it behind their name on LinkedIn, like it means something. Really doesn't. Um, some recruiters still kind of look for it, but it's not. It's it's kind of losing a lot of luster. So if you're mm-hmm. watching this, you think about getting it, don't. You know, just just do this. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> Look, don't get it. Um, a better one, like I just said, was the CYSA Plus. If you have experience, it's cheaper. It is harder than CH, but if you're going to be on Blue Team, get that. And my thoughts on CISSP is, I say maybe four to five years into your career, try to go after it, and then make sure you maybe might be on the route where you're using it. Like you're going to be a manager, director, or you're doing something else where you're using it. Don't get it just to, I've, I've seen people go do the week boot camp and, and not pass it. I don't know why they do it. Spend all this money. It, it doesn't immediately help you because sometimes there's some people that's not going to be fit for a director management type of role anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'd normally tell people, it's like, you know, if that's not what you're about to do, don't. I've seen people in help this trying to get CSSP. And I'm like, why? I'm, no. I'm in this group on Facebook and the girl's like, well, help desk is one of the domain. I was like, listen, no, oh, what? <laughs> I don't no. care what it is. No, it's not benefit no, him. no. And see, that's, it goes back to what you were saying before. That's where, you know, building relationships and networking is so important because the, the more you're, you, you open up your circle and then you're starting to talk to people in management and you're talking to people in different domains that they can guide you better because you're out there on your own trying to figure it out. It's this this industry is so wide and ever changing. You're not always going to know this information. So it's good to like rely on people that have have the expertise that can provide you with information. Yeah, it's like, you know, I kind of me and one guy, I think we we I think we he was able to see what I was saying. And then he kind of stopped getting upset because I was just like, no, because I have a way of being straight to the point when it comes to stuff when I'm talking. And it's only because I don't feel like wasting time. And mm-hmm. I kind of if I say it a nice way, you're not going to get it. So if I say it, bluntly, you just put it out there, you'll get it. And then you apply because I'm like, well, you don't need this. Like I see everybody. Some, oh, I just got this. I was like, listen, stick with set plus and focus on whatever job you want to do. Let's focus on the skills you need. Like, don't go out here and get all these certs because mm-hmm. when it comes to the interview, they're not really going to be asking you set plus questions per se, unless it's one of those job interviews where they just pulled up some cybersecurity questions and then they're drilling you on crap. And that, that goes too. 
Well, that goes back to recruiters that are not truly technical, then they're just using those questions because they don't really understand the field or what the job is going to be either. Either So that kind of brings it back to that's where there's an opportunity for you to be a recruiter because most recruiters don't really understand what these jobs are about. People get calls all the time. You get interviewed and you get into the job and you're going to learn your whole job once you start anyway. So not only that, recruiters just see some stuff and they start mentioning about all type of crap on LinkedIn. I was like, does my profile look like I do this? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm not. No, it does that. not. But um, speaking of, you know, we've uh, talked about certs and everything else. Let's talk about your business, you know, your career coaching and helping people get into cybersecurity. Um, how long have you been doing that? I just started. So I just, it's literally been, I guess that's the end of, it's like May. Yeah. May I started my Instagram page, I, you know, was talking to a friend and it was and what what transitioned me there is we had a friend that was it's a group of us that were doing some interviews looking for new jobs. And we were just passing information between each other. And we had learned so much in such a small period of time. I just wanted to start sharing it with people like one of the things that my friend told me that blew my mind. And I'm still mind blown that I've never thought about it before is. He brings his notes to an interview. And I, for years, have never done that. I always thought you go into, let me tell you, that was mind blowing. I, for years, I always rehearsed what I was going to say, thought it was, you know, felt like it was, it was almost like uh, game on. And if I didn't know the information, I didn't know the information. And I answered questions off the top of my head. He was like, I have my notes. I they're not, it's not a story written down, but I have my key points. And if I stumble on something, I take a breather. I look down at my notes. They don't know it's my notes. It's in there with my resume. I look at what it's supposed to be and get back to it. When I tell you that blew my mind so much that I just wanted to start helping as many people and passing on as much information to people as possible. Um, and I will tell you in the past couple of months, it, it feels so good. I'm getting great response. I'm helping people. I know people, you know, I'm getting people um, getting their feet wet and and building new relationships. Um, it's It's been really rewarding in such a small period of time. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm. I'm almost on a, I was doing it before, but when I made it official, I think it was like August or September. So I'm coming up on a year, you know, nice. very soon. And it's been crazy. I tell people like I started it cause I was always helping people and regard, even if it wasn't related to tech, I've always been helping people. But I was like, I didn't know that it was going to take off the way it did. Literally. Uh, I mean, my Instagram is one thing, but Twitter, like i I'm getting like more notoriety like every other day on Twitter. But when you brought up the notes thing, a lot of people hadn't heard when I said, hey, listen, whether it's virtual or in person, get you a notebook and bring it with you. So when they're talking and you're asking your questions, like something like, you know, what kind of challenges you guys been facing or something like that. When they say it, you know, you start writing things down and, you know, you have your questions written down. And I'm t I'm like, I'm telling you that, you're going to be one of the few people that do it and it's going to stand out. Oh, yes. Because one of my clients, it was like within two weeks, he did that for his interview. He ended up getting hired. And he was like, man, I never thought to do that. And I was like, 
yeah, I was like, because it is a lot of pressure to try to remember all these questions, not know what they're going to ask you. Um, I've been like interviewing lately and, you know, I just take myself out. I have my, my questions and, and I ask them and I think they're, they're happy that I ask the questions that I ask. Oh yeah. It takes you, just like you said, it differentiates you from, from the next candidate, you know, actually being prepared and wanting to understand. This is a key. Um, my friend was said, uh, she was telling me one of the quote. I'm not going to quote it because I don't want to destroy it, but it was like understanding the leverage you have as a candidate, right? Because it's not just them interviewing you. You also have a stake in this. Yeah. So you need to understand, like, what are the challenges happening at this company? What am I expected to do to 30 to 60 days? And if they don't know these answers, what is the culture? Am I getting into a position that it sounds good in theory, but I actually shouldn't be at this company because it's not good for my mental health? Like, make sure that when you're being interviewed, you also interview back to make sure that it's a good position for yourself. And that will differentiate you from all of the other candidates. Yeah, that that self-awareness, especially when you ask about that 30 to 60 day thing, that's a big one because you want to know how you're going to be judged and how how they do a lot of things. And I also tell my clients, I say, hey, listen, I said, treat your job search and interviews as if you are a man. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't get it. But then I was like, listen, with men, we have more options than women have. So that's how you do when you're interacting with recruiters. You let them, hey, you know, I'm already talking to so-and-so companies. I got these offers on the way. It'd be the same thing. You know, one person, you say, well, I got a couple of, you know, girls that's kind of interested in me. And, you know, potentially I might have a fiance. Uh, whoa, like wait, wait, wait. How did we get there? You went Because from- <laughs> I equated a fiance to having like an offer. So a pending. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so, okay. you know, you got, you got a chance to, you know, be a fiance too. You know, you got to make your mind up. Actually, I just came up with the fiance part because I knew it was going to be shot. That, ladies, right? That means you're not you not together until you are married. That's what I think. That's a quote out there that says, "I'm single." single that's it. I'm single until I'm married. So you yeah. are looking for a job until you have the job that you want, right? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, shout out to Dayspring. Me and him were talking one day. He was telling me like how condescending a recruiter was talking to him one time until he was like, yeah, I got, I already got an offer on the table. Then their mood changed. Cause a lot of times they're reaching out to you thinking like they're doing you a service. A when actually they need you. And so when you start treating them that way, they get to act together. Like I just was in this interview process where they was like, Hey, are you interviewing? Yes, I am. This process has been quick and this is in a small company. I, I one of my better tweets that I made that said, Hey, you know, when a company really like you, they're not going to put you through a long process. And that's the truth. And now you got, now I have leverage. I'm talking meeting with some other companies. I'm like, Hey, I already got a verbal offer right now. It's going to take like two weeks to draw up. So it's not official yet. You know, you can either go with your move or, you know, do whatever. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's kind of what yeah. we've been doing with that. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's very important. So that is really what got me into this. These little tips that we're talking about. I, I want to make it so known to people that look like us. I want this, us to feel so comfortable so we under, understand. Sorry, there's a little person that just decided that they are um, more important than the information I'm trying to give <laughs> to these people. You know what I'm saying? Are you good? My, luckily, my daughter is sleeping right now in the room. Ah, Maybe her yeah. mom is keeping her uh, quiet because uh, she's a hurricane when she's up. So. Yes. 
hurricane is the least to say about these little people. They just, you know, but yeah, and it's a good, you know what I'm, the less, less segue into that. What's good about this field is you get what you, you have opportunity to get with companies where your benefits are good. You know what I mean? And this, you can work from home. I'm, my baby is, is about to be two years old and she's never been to daycare. I've been at home the whole time through the pandemic and worked fine. You know Listen, what I mean? How are you so, doing it? Yeah. No, 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 I'm ready to ship mine off. Oh, no, no. Her dad's here. So, yeah, 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 yeah. We <laughs> ship her off when we can. I ship her off when we can. I ship because her off when we her can. Her mom doesn't want her to go either. So we're all at the house. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I just need to be quiet sometimes. But she, nah, she's a good child. I just want her to go interact with some other babies sometimes. Mm-hmm, just go live their best life somewhere else. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, so that's a, another good thing about, you know, transitioning during during this pandemic, you know, it was heartbreaking to see a lot of people, depending on where they work, they didn't have a lot of opportunities. And then on the flip side, I was engaging with people that were interviewing for and getting promoted and, and moving up and down in their career because, you know, in cyber, the, the um, unemployment rate is zero. Zero and somebody's always hiring. Um. You could you could post on LinkedIn. You start a new job. Recruiter's gonna be in your inbox. Yeah, still. <laughs> it's that's what I'm saying. Like it's so funny, guys. I'm gonna be repetitive right here, but it's just like women. You post your new woman on social media, all the women automatically start measuring you. Oh, that's her. Oh, you just was talking to me last week in the DMs, and they do the same thing. Jobs operate the same way. So I'm telling you, listen to me. They they do listen the same to this thing. man. He's we're telling you. We're 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 we're. We're going to say as we're not going to say women, we're going to say anybody <laughs> thirsty. This I say men can do it too. I'm just speaking from a man thirsty. POV. You know, thirsty. If you thirsty and you, this is exactly what this, this field is about. Making sure you are, you have plenty. You are, uh, uh, think of yourself as an Instagram model and people are thirsty in your DMs. See how nice. I switched it on and, my side? <laughs> yeah, I mean, trust me, the men, the men are definitely out here thirsty for the women because uh, they see the women getting that, their money in. So they trying to ride their coattails. I've seen it all. So I will not say they're not doing that. So what I'm going to touch on is, and we'll piggyback off each other, is uh, also, guys, are you watching this? One of the good things about being on LinkedIn, Twitter, but mostly primarily LinkedIn because you have access to talk to recruiters, managers, people on the team, directors, whoever. You can you have access to them, so mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest benefits. And I always tell clients, you know, when we talk, say, "Hey, how's your LinkedIn?" They're like, "Oh, not too good." I say, hey, "You need at least five hundred plus connections of the people in the industry you're trying to be in." I always tell them that because I mostly see good results with that five hundred number. Everybody who I've talked to or helped, it's like, "It looks good. It looks good. It looks good." But um, one of the benefits from interviewing all the time and constantly getting contacted by recruiters is, you know, your market value. A lot of mm. people don't know their market value. So one company saying this and this and that. So, you know, okay, cool. I know what these companies are willing to pay and this is what I want. And something that I use too to leverage everything is I'll say, you know, based on the job location, the description of the job, uh, market value and say, I'll say this job is worth X amount. And so maybe I want X amount base and then some of these companies have stock options, everything yeah. else, or bonuses and everything, incentives. So it's saying, I want a total compensation of this. Now, you might not always get what you want, 
they may not give you what you want in that base, but they might roll a little bit more in that, that total compensation. So it's all about negotiating. Don't take the first offer. Whatever they Ooh. offered you that was high the first time, they got more to come back with. Oh, you said that's golden. That What you just said to the people is golden. Um, one of the resources I also use is Glassdoor. So Glassdoor is cool because it says exactly what you were saying as far as give you the position, let you know, you know, what what that market value is in the area that you're in and conferences. If you don't have a lot of connections on LinkedIn, go to a conference. You don't know how many relationships get built at conferences, networking, recruiters are at conferences. You go to a net, um, conference, you network with the people there. That's how you build your peers. You follow those people on LinkedIn and then you actually get to interview and, and build relationships with recruiters on conferences. You add those people to your LinkedIn as well. So that's when you're talking about getting to that 500, um, 500 connections, conferences are a good way to do it and to learn about the industry um, is without having any experience at all. Definitely. And I also say quiet as a kept guys. Twitter is a big one mm-hmm. now. Black tech Twitter it's foolishness that goes on every so often. But there's a collective of us that are um, really trying to get everybody in. I don't know if you're on Twitter. You know I'm what? I'm glad you said that because I'm going to do my Twitter. I'm, I'm a focus. That was, those, that was one of the things I said I was going to start focusing on. So I'm going to start. Uh, you're going to see me tweet tweeting in a little bit. I'm going to get on my Twitter uh, I, I right now. Out. Yeah. Um, me, uh, my guy, Tavion, we got Mary, we got, uh, it's some more people, but these people I probably talked to the most, my guy, Day Cyberwalks, the uh, air footman that was on my podcast, man, we have a lot of people who are really doing that thing that are, you know, helping people get in. So it's one of the ways too, because sometimes people might not know how to post LinkedIn. We're a little bit more laxed on Twitter to where we don't have mm-hmm. to kind of be talking a certain way. Yeah, it makes people a little bit more approachable. So I would say also look into Twitter, just type in the hashtag Black Tech Twitter and you'll start seeing um, a lot of different things on there with people sharing free resources and everything. Um, So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. I forgot. The one life was on there. Uh, Shout out to him. Creator of Lab Every Day. He's he's dope. He has a YouTube channel. My guy from Keep It Techie, Josh. it's it's a lot of us on there, man. I want to nice. meet up one day on there. So shout out to all y'all. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna get with y'all. Black Tech Twitter. He gonna be shouting me out too. So we we gonna join in very soon. Just be careful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Simba asked Mufasa, "What is that?" Um, you kind of like you know don't go past there at a certain time. Don't go past. Don't don't go into only where the light touches. Hmm. Um. One of the things I add for people that's watching this, if you're looking to transition or maybe you just might be entry level, um, I'm going to tell you a secret is you don't have to oversell yourself. You don't have to be perfect. Because what happens if you lie on your resume and oversell yourself and you do get a position and they are expecting you to be principal, senior level, but you're really entry level, that could lead to a swift termination. And um, go ahead. this is a small world. This is a small, small, small world. And follow what he is saying to you because the word travels quickly and you do not want to be blacklisted before you even get in your foot with. Right. And I haven't personally looked into this guy's situation, but on the outside looking in, um, it was a situation 
on Twitter where the guy said he was working for this company. I don't know if it was like three weeks or something like that. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm going to have to fact check this. Maybe I'll, you know, screw up this or who knows. But he was saying that he had got let go because they needed somebody more senior. Um, but to me, being in this field so long, that kind of didn't make sense to me because if they have your resume and they're looking at it, they already know your skill set. They're not going to, if you really need some work done, you're not bringing in an entry level guy to do a principal level role. So I'm going to say on a limb, and if I'm wrong, if you hear this guy, you know, you can reach out to me. Uh, I did retweet him on Twitter when he said he was looking for something else. Um, he uh, got let go. But then on, I saw his LinkedIn and he happened to say, he did it to me. It was a no, no. He should have just kind of took it on the chin and said he was looking for something else, but he tagged the company that let him go. And then he was like, well, I'm looking for this and that. Well, people on there responding, but to me, I was just like, I wouldn't have did that. I would just, you know. I, I'm going to, I don't know the situation, but I'm going to give advice as a black girl in a black, in a white world and be completely honest about what happens in life. There's, you know, we're already not afforded to the same luxuries as, as some people. If you are a entry level person and you look like us, just be aware, just tread like, just pr protect yourself. This, let me say this, protect your future self in all situations of your career. So. There's going to be times, you know, if a company may have treated you badly and you don't want to work for them, but you don't know what kind of relationships these people, especially in the leadership positions, just be aware they jump from company to company. When you get to a certain C-level suite, a lot of people don't know. Once you hit CISO and above, you're only supposed to be with a company for two years. So the people that are actually creating the um, the path and the strategy for companies, they only stay in a position for two years, then they transfer to another company. So just always think about your future self and know that the people that you're interacting with now, you in this field, it's so small, you may be interacting with again at another company in the future. That's funny because one of my friends on the team, uh, we're working with a guy that used to work with him at another company. He was like, I think I used to work with you. And then I was talking to him. He was like, yeah, we used to work together. And I think that was years ago. So you definitely never know. So I'm just telling everybody that I'd rather, you know, have my integrity to say, this is what, you know, my limitations are. This is what I know. It's okay not to know everything in interviews. Like the, the guy, that the client I had in the two weeks when he would say, you know, he didn't know the answer to something. It's cool. He still got, he still got picked, you know? Because the soft in, skills. Yeah. And I've been, sitting in interviews for, you know, level ones or whatever. And a lot of them don't know everything. I'm not looking for them to know everything. Um, I'm just looking at them to, to see if there's a person that knows something that's going to get, because I hate a lazy person. I really do when it comes to work. It's simple stuff that you can do. This stuff is hard. I often said I could take a cart pusher at Target or Walmart. If I could train them, they do way better than anybody for what the amount you get paid to be lazy. I, I don't understand it, but that that was just a you know a little. He was getting right it there. off your chest. Got it off your to chest. Change that free itself. 
That's what it's, that's what Drake called a change sex for. Get mm-hmm. off your chest. Um, I believe we covered. I didn't really we didn't cover really like interviewing, but I was covering some things for people. That's oh, another thing. It's the fact that um, don't think you don't have experience just because it's not cyber experience. You did some cyber related things, or even if you didn't, you have experience. You know, it's just you know our jobs to show you what that experience is and how it will lead into a potential cyber role. So don't be down on yourself about that. You know, you'll be surprised what you actually know and what you actually did at your previous roles. So pay attention to that or get with a good coach that's going to actually motivate you and not try to just say, oh, you need to go out and get this cert, sign up for this boot camp and get somebody that's actually going to be understanding and tell you, like, we can build off what you got now. Because I see some people that, you know, like I said, I've been with people that's coming straight from retail. I'm saying, look, you got these skills. We can just work on this. We could do stuff in spurts, you know. It might not be the fastest way, you know. Sometimes our careers happen just by being in the right place at the right time. But you know what you can also do is, hey, we can just do our thing on Cyberary and do some courses, and we can rock with that and network, you know. So that's one of the things right there. There we go. <laughs> Sorry about that. You good. Um, just to add on to what you were saying as far as that, I came from retail. I'm one of those people. I've worked at Nordstrom for years. I've worked, I've, uh, other than wanting to be in entertainment, I wanted to do fat, the windows that uh, I was sure my career was gonna take me to doing windows at places like, like Neiman Marcus. This, it actually, my, the level of communication that you have to be able to deal with a nasty customer is the same level of communication, that soft skill that you're going to need to deal with somebody that doesn't want to patch the network or don't want to do the, the security parameters that they need to. So that is a really good uh, skill to have in this field. Thanks. And if you want to get something done, CC your manager or director, CC theirs and get out the way. <laughs> Always. Oh, yeah. Well, we see you sent you this email three weeks ago. Why haven't you done it? And, and they there's have nothing the shots. to say. Fired. They have nothing to say. They really don't. Per my last email. <laughs> man, those things are funny. Sometimes I don't even respond. Sometimes I'm like, man, you know what? No response has been none at all. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go over your head and, and do what I have to do. Ooh. Um we can ramble on and on about all these different things you can do and job roles or whatever. Um, do you have anything left you want to add to the people or let them know? The most important thing I want to say is there's so much room for you. If you even thinking about it, listen, 10 years ago, people that look like us were not a thing and look at us where I'm on a podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you on, uh, about, about these opportunities. There are more opportunities in this field than any other field out there. You belong here. Your opportunity is here. Hit one of us up and we will be happy to help you get your feet wet and, and break into this. And you're you have you you have more than opportunities than you think you are. You deserve to be here. And people that look like me and you, we are are hardworking people that are smart, driven, focused and come come get your cyber check because there's it's a big one out there for you. That's facts. And also for our listeners, can you tell them where they can follow you at and everything else as far as your services? 
Yes, Tasha Denos, T-A-S-H-Y-A-D-E-N-O-S-E. Just think about Tasha with a Y, Denos. Okay, I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, Twitter. I'm going to do better with my Twitter. I'm about to be on that. Uh, what's, what's the hashtag I need to be on? Black, Black, tech, Black tech Talk. Black Tech Twitter. Black Tech Twitter. You know what I'm saying? So I'm about to be on Black Tech Twitter, but follow me on Instagram. I give post tips about, you know, everything that this industry is about and motivational uh, videos as well. So follow me soon to have a YouTube channel, but those two places are, are Instagram is where I spend most of my time. Yeah, she's killing the reels game. Now we got to get you. I don't know if you're on TikTok or not. I'm, I'm about to try. I have my TikTok ready. So next week, Y'all going to see me on Twitter and TikTok in it. So go go ahead and, and follow me now and you won't regret it. I, I promise you that. Nice. Yeah. And you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, her name has been across the screen the whole time for you guys on, on the podcast is listening. I'll make sure I have her information in the description. But as always, I appreciate everybody that's been rocking with me. I'll rock with you. You know what we have to say? Let's get textual.